Have you ever wanted to just nerd out about something you're really passionate about, but no one seemed to listen or care? Well, tell it all to your pal Val. As you could guess, I am your pal Val, and welcome to episode two here with my buddy Sebastian Apero. How you doing, bud? Hi, doing all right. How are we? You sound a little far from your mic there. Ah, uh, sorry. No, it's all good. It's all good. It's your first time in the in the in the podcast I see you. That so, is true. Yeah, so just like tell the people what what. What's your deal? Like, what do you like nerd about? All that sort of stuff. Oh, well, I like to nerd about a whole bunch of things, but the one thing that I have in my mind right now is talking about Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah, it, to play it out completely honest to listeners here, uh, we were already talking about this a little before the episode, and then we only, it's, it's less, it was a combination of I didn't want to start quite yet, and I just wanted to like, get an idea, and then it was also, um, I, I kind of got stuck in the middle of a rant. <laughs> <laughs> no, so so for those of you that don't know, Dungeons and Dragons, which I'd be surprised that you don't, Dungeons and Dragons is it's stereotypically like yeah, it's stereotypically the nerdy game. Right? Oh, it's like yeah, it's like you have like the classic like uh, like group of nerds or like, like in, in the, the basement, basement. Yeah. yeah, like in mom's basement. Or oh, like in, in Stranger Things, they make the joke of it constantly. Yeah. But it's like it's actually really fun when you get into it. I cast magic missile. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really good when you get into it. And thing is, uh, Sebastian here is a uh, forever DM, as he as he calls himself. Yes. Uh, to provide some context with that, in my group, um, my group and I, basically, it's like my it's like a few high school friends that I've known for a while, and we have like D and D every once in a while. It was originally four of us, but then one of my buddies, basically, after we graduated high school, he went off to the Marine Corps, and then I took up the mantle as the DM. And so now I pretty much have been that for about five years now, give or take. Oh yeah, absolutely. Also, you can come a little closer. Like, yeah, don't don't be scared of the mic. It's all good. I, I just don't want to get in the mic's personal business. You know what I mean? No, I get you. I get you. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. So so the thing is, and like I'm a fairly, I'm not a new player. I'm just a new DM. I've only DM'd twice, and I was ranting about my first campaign where like I think I did pretty well. My players have told me I've done pretty well, but the issue is there was one dude. I love him. I love him. And <laughs> if and here's the here's the. If, assuming he listens to this podcast, because he knows I do this, he just doesn't know where it's on. Oh, there we go. And also, he's still in high school, which, like, hi, Jacob. Hi, if you're <laughs> listening, hi. Uh, I'm ranting about you. But yeah, in looking all f- at you, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I'm ranting about you, but in all fairness, I'm most likely going to rant about everyone in our group anyway. Because I just, you know I got, like, like Sash, you know me. I'm not a very, like, upset person or frustrated person. I was going to say. When I tell you I got so frustrated sometimes. <laughs> no, okay, okay, okay. So the, so the whole campaign, right? Uh, it, it was like the second one in a trilogy of campaigns. The first one was done by the uh, the actual Forever DM of the group. Right. Then I was like, oh, like let, let me try my hand at this, and I, I'm going to be wholeheartedly honest with you. I just ripped off Dark Souls. <laughs> That's all I did. I just ripped off Dark Souls. I, I like made the land of Astora, which was is like one of the countries stated in Dark Souls. Right, yeah. And like, like most of the party used their old characters from the first campaign. All right, but uh, but some people use some new ones, and uh, it's the legacy characters that became an issue for me. Oh, because there was uh, there was three legacy characters. One of the, one of which wasn't an issue. It was just they they kind of got relegated. As it, I'll, I'll get into that in a second. Oh, but there was uh, Zaken, who is a Goliath uh, a Goliath barbarian. Which Goliaths are in the logic of D and D. They're basically like giants. They're that you big can boys. Play as. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like canonically, they're like the lowest level of giant. Uh, there was uh, Lucan, the half-elf fighter, so basically a knight, and then uh, Nosen Steve was the last of the legacy. Or no, no, there was four legacy characters. Nosen Steve, which was a human cleric and was the best of the legacy characters, not not in terms of uh, of like capability, 
but I mean like the best as in like I enjoyed Steve the best. There we go. And then uh, the last one was uh, so the thing is, it took us a while to learn what this dude's first name was. We just called him Hawkins. Because <laughs> no, no, because on the character sheet it just says Hawkins, and I'm like, okay, cool, that's the character's name. Yeah. It's like no, it got revealed to us like halfway through. That's the dude's last name. Oh, big twist. And his first name is Jen Hawkins, and it's like okay, cool, but he was a necromancer, so he's like a wizard that like brings back the dead oh there we go but anyway anyway so so like those were the legacy characters and then we had uh two other characters which were uh the old dm uh their character was uh was petra which was a monk what was it It was a monk uh druid water genasi i think which water genasi are like people that are like Oh, their spirit is like especially attuned to water, and yeah, yeah. And then uh, the other one was uh, my buddy Flynn, who played Rius, which ooh, I'm I'm gonna get into Rius. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but uh, before before the episode, I was ranting about uh, I was ranting about Lucan. Yeah. So so Lucan's whole deal is is Jacob, love you, buddy. But um, <laughs> <laughs> just gotta make that right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just gotta say for my own sake. I, I, like, I love all my players. I love all my friends. They're of great. Of course, yeah. But sometimes, man. <laughs> just, you know, that's some moments where you're just like, you just want to smother them with a pillow. Uh, absolutely. I'm sitting there like, dude, you can't. Come on. So, like, so Jacob's whole deal is, uh, in my opinion, he's very much a flavor text over substance. Okay. Because when I tell you, like, in combat, like, turns are canonically supposed to, are like, take six seconds, and it's also, like, in, in, in like, actually playing, like, the metagame, like, they, they, sometimes they can take a while, depending on the character, but, like, they shouldn't take more than, like, what, a minute? Like, 30 seconds? Probably. Yeah. Oh, my God. This, so, this kid, mm-hmm. he, he starts describing his action going, oh, well, Lucan's going to draw both his swords and do a whirlwind. I'm like, cool. What is that? Are, are you attacking? Are, are, you, are you dodging? Are like, you just doing a dance? Like, wh- what is happening? <laughs> it's like, uh, like I said, attack? Or yeah, no, exactly, exactly, exactly. The thing is, it's uh, so. The thing is, for the first camp, because this was because my campaign was like the second one in the trilogy. I think, right. I think I said that. Yeah, I was gonna say. I believe you said. Yeah, you said mm. it was the second one. No, no. But the question is, did I say that while we were recording? Um. Or. No, I think it was before and as well as here. I, I, don't, I don't. I don't know. Yeah. It's fine. We'll. It's fine. We'll anyway. figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll listen to it in editing. But um, the thing is, is like in the first campaign, Lucan had his whole gimmick was he had two swords and a wrist bow. <sighs> Okay, so then in my campaign, I made him drop those weapons, and he, he immediately got a magic sword, right? Oh. Immediately. He got a magic sword from the saint, and his whole gimmick was, uh, was it was really powerful, especially for, like, a, an item he got really early on. And his whole gimmick was it either A, made the party harder to kill, or B, made them kill things faster. Oh. He, 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 uh, he doesn't look at me because we're doing this over uh, Discord. Right. But, but like, he, he, like, I'm asking about the, uh, like, what they think of the items. He turns to me and goes, it's useless. <laughs> it's useless. I'm like, dude, I spent, like, an hour trying to come up with that. Like, I, I, I spent so much time wrapping it up in, like, a nice little bow. Like, trying to balance you... it and, like, trying to figure yeah. out where it's at. And, he, and then he kept complaining about, like, oh, why'd you make me drop my swords? I'm like, dude, you just got a magic sword. Like, listen, what do you want from me? <laughs> It's like, what else do you want me to throw in there to, like, give it a nice little bow and stuff? Exactly. And he's still not happy with exactly. it. Exactly, exactly. But it's also it's also a thing of sometimes he would forget how his character worked. Right, yeah. So, like, uh, like Fighter, right? Uh, one of their one of their big gimmicks. They have two big gimmicks. Uh, second Wind, which is just they can heal themselves. Like, yep. once per long rest, which is... I'm not going to get into the mechanics of the game. Yeah. But it's, it's, a, it's a good ability. And then the other one is Action Surge, which is contested to be one of the best abilities in the game. 
And it's like you like let's say uh, so in the game there's something called the uh, the action economy. All you need to know is like fighters like at max level can fight can attack like four times. Using action surge, they can attack eight times, and then it's, it's the whole thing. He completely forgot he had action surge. He forgot he had action surge until like he used it twice in my campaign. And that really. Was or three times technically, but one of those times I was controlling his character. <laughs> <laughs> he was possessed. Oh yeah, no, it's just he wasn't there, and I wanted to film. Oh, the okay, that's fair. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was like it was like at a bathroom break, and it was just. Like, no, 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 no. He just wasn't at the session. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Anyway, um, what was it? Right, but uh, anyway, so he's he's complaining about his magic. I won't do. And the thing is, like, after, like, a few weeks, he's like, oh, this is actually good. I'm like... It's like, that's exactly what I was trying to tell you. Exactly, exactly. And then, and then, and then this is what I was ranting to you about before. Yeah. He had an item called Grey Rat's Gift. Grey Rat was a uh, NPC in the game, non-playable character. Got it. That, uh, he was a thief, he, but he was, like, a really nice guy. That's his right. whole gimmick. Yeah. His whole gimmick was he was really nice and, like, he believed in the party and everything. Yeah. Uh, he had a quest line where they had to rob, uh, they had to, like, do a heist in this, like, academy because they, like, stole designs from this inventor. Right, yeah. And, uh, I told, I told, or I told them after the fact, but there was, there was two endings here. Mm-hmm. Either A, they sneak through, because uh, the whole gimmick was, uh, was, uh, there was a win condition and a lose condition. The win condition was they could not get caught or, like, seen until a certain point in the heist. The lose condition was they got caught or seen. There's this whole thing of, uh, the Barbarian got a little, uh, cocky because Barbarians are, like, tanky, like, their whole deal is, like, they can take hits. He got, he got cocky and he challenged two random people to, to attack him. <laughs> and one of them was like, yeah, sure, I'll try. And then, <laughs> and it didn't work. Hold my beer. Exactly, exactly, because it was, a because it was a college, so my logic was like, oh, this is a wizard that, like, is majoring in combat magic. Right, But yeah. it still didn't do that much. So then, uh, this dude's girlfriend, who was not majoring in combat magic and had no chance to like take this dude down said screw it and like sent a distress signal so this happens and then gray rat dies it's a whole thing he sacrifices himself to get the party to 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 escape the heist and he leaves behind his wrist gun uh labeled gray rat's gift it had three separate first off so like like i said jacob was all flavor text no substance it had three separate abilities all of which were really flavor text heavy. Like, because I, I knew how... And I think I remembered each one vividly. I remember each one vividly. It was, uh, he had a grappling hook, so he could use that to, to traverse, or also he could use it to, like, grab people from a distance. Right. He had an ability called I Need a Medic Bag, because I know Jacob loved, like, memes and stuff. <laughs> and it's a whole, its whole gimmick is, if he were to see someone getting healed, he can either A, steal some of that healing, because Greyrat was a thief, or alternatively, because Greyrat was an honorable thief, he can sacrifice some of his own health and help and heal someone else. And I designed that idea solely in mind for the fact that Lucan kept dying. I, no, no. When I tell you this man was a magnet for swords and stuff, like it, it's it, it blew my mind. It's so, all the swords right there. And it's also like the cleric got relegated to a walking health pack, and I felt bad. So I was like, okay, let me give give them someone to help, right? Yeah. So uh, and then the final ability. Uh, it's Grey Rat's Goodbye. It was the it was the capstone ability of this weapon, and it was it took so long to uh, to to balance. It, it was a suicide bomb. Oh. What what it did what it did was uh you know the spell disintegrate. Uh yes yes. Okay, so for those that don't know, disintegrate is a really powerful spell in D and D, because what it does is it basically uh, perish. 
Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, it's literally you Thanos snap someone out of existence. Because <laughs> either they make the save and they're, they're fine, it, like nothing happens, or they take a absolute shit ton of damage, and then assuming, assuming they get knocked down to zero health points, they can't be brought back to life. They just instantly die. There is no death saves. There is no. There is no. There is no medicine. There is no pass. Go and collect two hundred dollars. They're just dead. <laughs> so, so the thing is, and I designed this with a mind. Where, but the thing is, the the downside of disintegrate is you need to be able to see the target, and it's in a like laser beam. I designed it so it was basically a grenade. It was in a in a radius. He would just cast disintegrate, except he would have to. He was subject to the disintegrate as well. Oh. He used that ability more than the other two. Really? Even though he did not have that much health. Jeez. And the amount of times he almost died. And then... My no, lord. That's what I'm saying. And then it's just... It was so frustrating. Oh, that just reminds me of, like, um, in one campaign that I was conducting with my normal party, I set it up like a small, like, little puzzle. <laughs> and whenever you're in a D&D adventure and you're trying to set it up, you know, pu like, the players are always going to, like, overthink well, like, absolutely. what the puzzle is going to have. Absolutely. So, how I structured it was, I tried structuring it based on shapes. Mm -hmm. um, what I tried to base it off was, like, how many corners, like, each one had. Like, a line, like, a singular line had two, triangle has three, square has four, you know, that kind of stuff. Like, pretty simple. Mm -hmm. And if they pressed it in the right sequence, the door would open. Right. If not, then little skelly boys would come out and try to take your kidneys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just thinking, have you ever seen uh, Charlie the Unicorn? Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> where, where it's like, we're gonna find a magical Pleiadon, Charlie. It's a Leopardon, Charlie. A magical Leopardon. And then, like, he wakes up later. Oh shit, they took my kidneys. <laughs> oh, my kidney. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so, essentially, I told, like, I gave him, like, just the base description. Just like, alright, so, here's what you gotta look for. I'm not gonna give you anything else, but just know that there will be consequences if you fail the puzzle. Right, yes. And so they try it out. They were close to getting it, and I was like, well, uh, looks like you can have some company with some skelly boys right there. And yeah, they just came right out and out. They're just like, well, this is the last time I tried to trust a, uh, I trust a puzzle to two people. No, okay, okay, oh, oh, speaking of puzzles with two people. Oh. So this this leads this leads to two of the other legacy characters. Oh, which, which also, I, there's one more. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll get to Lucan in a second, because there's one last thing that made him... It wasn't even a bad thing, it was just really funny. Yeah, go ahead, go but, ahead. Uh, but I'll get to that in a second. But the two the two puzzle, the two people puzzle. So the thing is, I, I briefly mentioned the, the barbarian. Uh, his name was Zaken. Right. Oh, my God. Like, I loved him. He was, he was one of the... He, he, like, I, he, he was cool. He was a cool character. The issue is, though, he was resistant to everything but psychic damage. Oh. And in this campaign, I didn't have that many things designated with psychic damage. I see, alright. So it became an issue, so that's what led to his over-cockiness and like... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, but thing is, it got to the point that I had to design enemies to fight someone, and like, this is a, a tip to DMs anyway, or if you're like, you're thinking of getting into D&D &D and you want to make a story. You should almost never design a character, or design an enemy, specifically for a single character. Yeah. The, like, the only time you do that is if that character's like a rival. And even then, it should be like, oh, the player has a weak, has something that is their weak. It's a whole thing. Exactly. But oh my god! Anyway, also the dude would hoard magic items like there was no tomorrow. Oh boy. No. Okay. okay. But then, but then for the other one, Rius, right? So Rius was a tiefling uh, blood hunter, right? Mm -hmm. Or no, they started as a rogue. And my buddy Flynn, Flynn, if you're listening to this, I love you. 
and we've talked about this before. <laughs> no, no, no. Words cannot describe how many times we have talked about this. He was kind of a dick when he played. Not, not, no, 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 no. Not even, not even because he was trying to be. No, I, I get it's, it. It's, it's because like, so the thing is, it was like, it was like he was new, right? He was, yeah. Like this was like his like second campaign. Yeah. His, his like, it was his first full length campaign. Right. That's but valid. It, but the thing is, it's like originally he was rogue, mm-hmm. and he didn't know how rogue worked. Okay. So uh, you know the so there's you know the ability to sneak attack and stuff. Yes. So the thing is, he kept thinking, oh, rogue is useless close range. Dude, that is the complete opposite. Not only do you have like all these abilities that help you at close range, and not only do you have some abilities that make you surprisingly tanky, yeah, for someone that's supposed to be flavored as a thief. Like, no, but he'd just sit in the back and use his bow, and I'm like, dude, this is so boring. <laughs> it's like, my no, God. no. And then he's like, okay, I want to try this new class, Blood Hunter. I'm like, sure, I'll just change your class. Screw yeah, it. like do that. Uh... <laughs> Just the way you, like, looked at me and just, like... <laughs> no, because... Okay, so the thing is, Bloodhunter is one of those... So Bloodhunter isn't an official part of the D&D. Right. But it, it's... it's The closest homebrew can get to being real, because it's made by, like, one of the D&D staff, mm-hmm. but it's, like, not officially in a book. It's not officially... Rec- it's not, like, officially recognized, but it's, like, accepted. You know... No, it's so accepted, it has its own page on the website. Oh, like, perfect, yeah. Yeah, no, no. But the thing is, it's... <laughs> Bloodhunter has so much jank... There's so much jank to it if you build it just right. And it's like, it's like, he had all these abilities that, like, basically negated, like, half of what an enemy could do. Oh, wow. And, but the issue is, all these abilities, nine times out of ten, requires him to damage himself. So then he, that led to a problem where he started using the cleric like a walking health pack. Oh. <laughs> which, like, which thing is, like, like one time the cleric wasn't playing, so I, I played her character. Uh... Uh, which was No Sin Steve. I told you about him earlier. Yep. Uh, and the thing is, Flynn was like, okay, uh, just heal me, Val. I'm like, no, no, to prove a point, I am not going to heal you. I'm going to show you exactly what No Sin Steve can do. <laughs> and Steve just, like, one-shot an enemy. And and Flynn was like, oh, you could do this the whole, the whole time? I'm like, yes. It's like, yes. Yeah, Steve was capable of this, this whole time. If, if you gave them a chance, and like... But anyway, that's besides the point. Now, the thing, the thing is, Rius and Zaken, right? Zaken's whole deal is he does not like undead. And uh, he's looking for this, like, family heirloom that are, like, these magic gloves that, like, deal lightning damage. Right, yeah. Um, and they end up in a city of the undead called Carthus. Ooh. Now, the, the funny thing about the city is the undead are not bad. They, they were not bad. They're just really senile because their whole deal is, like, they've been alive for a little too long. Right, yeah. So they're just, like, they're just kind of there, like, like, you know, when you visit grandma's house and, like... <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. They're, they're, they're a little crazy. Got yeah. it, okay. And also, they live under a mountain. Like, oh. Yeah. So the thing is, they go off to try and find this uh, this artifact, because they know it's somewhere here, because uh, the the lich, basically the you know, the ruler of the undead, he's the one that stole it, right? Mm, okay. And they come across a guy, I think he, his name was, like, Lord, like, Skeleton the Third, or, like, it was, like, Lord Skellington the Third. Lo- uh, Lord Boningsbury. No, no, something like that. All I know is he, like, like I, I, I can't do the voice anymore. But like, he was supposed to sound like Skeletor. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course, I am Lord. Like, like he, like thing is, he was, he was, but he was really nice. Yeah. But he was a puzzle. His whole puzzle was he's so senile. You have to talk to him backwards. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 because, because, like, because, uh, for example, for example, for example, uh, they were looking for uh, Zaken's dad. I forgot his name. It was like something uh, Stormstriker, right? 
uh, Skellington, uh, Lord Skellington goes, No, there's no Brad Sky Puncher. Like, <laughs> or like, uh, or they were asking, like, Oh, where's the directions to this? Oh, well, if you're trying to go here, and it's like on the opposite end of town when you look at a map. And I gave them every, they just did not get it. And then they were, and then I was, then they were like, uh, well, I forgot. They, they kept asking things, and I was like, you're so close. You are so close to the right answer. And then they were like, no, we just don't get it. This is a stupid puzzle. I'm like, he's talking backwards. They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, ask him what color the sky is. They're like, they like, oh, what color is the sky? Well, red, of course. And then it's, yeah. And it's like, okay, what color isn't the sky? Blue. And they're like, okay, okay, we get it. He, yeah. he talks backwards. So then they then they do go through a whole thing of where aren't the the storm striker gauntlets? Oh well, they are in the museum, and then like so it's like okay, they're in the museum. Yeah, so it's like some reverse psychology kind no, of. No, absolutely, absolutely. And there's there's a little funny joke there of like, oh well, you can't go to the museum without a ticket, and then they're like, okay, we'll buy uh, two adult tickets then. Oh, that'll be uh, ten thousand gold. They're like ten thousand gold. I'm like, put it backwards. Oh, like ten gold. I'm like, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, anyway. So then, then uh, they go to the museum, which was also part of this puzzle. Because what would happen is there was like four wings. There was like uh, spoils of war, history, uh, like science, and then I forgot the last one. Thing is, they go into each wing. There's a little like, there's a whole bunch of stuff in there that's like a, bits of trivia. And then at the end, there's a guard that tells them like that like. Uh, that won't let them leave the the wing of that of the museum until they answer a trivia question. Uh, the the logic was, uh, oh, it's so school children like actually leave knowing something. Thing is, uh, they kept asking and they'd be like, oh, well the gauntlets are in this wing, and then it wasn't, because the whole puzzle was they're they're talking backwards. Right. They're saying it's not in that wing. <laughs> I'm supposed to be like whittling it down, but they just ended up going through every wing, and then uh, they were like, this is a stupid puzzle. I'm like. You already know what it is. No, no. And then thing, things I've talked to Flynn about it, and he's been like, yeah, no, like, actually, in hindsight, that was a, that was a pretty good puzzle. I'm like, I, I was telling you. Yeah, it's like, that's what I was trying to tell you in the beginning. Oh. Yeah. No, though, that, that is to say, there is, like, all DMs have fun, right? Like, yeah. Like, yeah, there was, there For was me, fun. like, in my adventures, I usually, like, as much as I would like to incorporate, like, puzzles or, like, mazes or, like, other kind of, like, mysteries that actually would get you, like, get my players to, like, jump into it, half the time I can't because it's, like, I realize, it's like, wait a minute, when I do it as a player, I realize that I am dumb as bricks mm -hmm. jumping into a puzzle, so... I immediately I'm just like, all right, I know what I know what I'm gonna do for it. I'll just like lead it through and then just let it happen naturally. Um, I have one campaign that I'm writing up currently. Oh yeah, yeah, you were talking about that earlier. Yep. What's up with that? Yeah. So the campaign that I have been writing up. I hope my uh, I hope my party isn't listening in on this. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, it's gonna be a huge spoiler warning I mean, for those two. I mean, on one hand, I have been advertising the club a lot, but. On the other hand, I've been advertising it through word of mouth. So, like, if you know I don't know anyone in your party, like... Yeah. yeah. Okay. Then. I don't know if I know anyone in your party, for the record. Yeah, right, yeah, I was gonna say, they're from my hometown. Oh, well, then, yeah, no, I absolutely have no idea who they are. Okay, <laughs> cool, cool, cool. So, the adventure is essentially... Uh, okay, where do I where do I really start from it? So, basically, there's a kingdom that is going through, like, a crisis state. 
they're getting harassed from, like, a bandit conglomerate just outside the city. They're dealing with riots that are, like, going through, and there's a small plague that's happening. <laughs> oh, that, that's so, so anything that could go wrong is going wrong. Pretty much. Right. And the fact, and the main, like, the main reason for the party to be there is the fact that, like, the guards, like, the local guards or whatnot in the garrison of the army are feeling that their resources are being stretched thin and they don't have enough people to help take care of some of these issues. <laughs> That's where the party comes in. Right. They've offered out rewards that, hey, if you guys help take care of some of these problems, we'll supply you some soldiers so then you can try to build your own army. <laughs> I and, got you, I got you. Yeah, I based a little bit of it um, off of the game Mountain Blade Bannerlord. That sound, I've heard of that. Yeah. I just don't. One of the challenges that you can do in it is if you want to start up, like, your own army, like, it's like, oh, I'm just going to start up a bandit army, and then boom. <laughs> and how you would go about that in the game is you just, instead of, like, just killing them outright, you would just, like, knock them out. Mm -hmm. And then they would become prisoner, and then you can convert them over kind of deal. I got you. I got and you. I'm trying to uh, input the same practice into this campaign. Where, uh, yeah, where you can, where you don't have to kill. Exactly. So, so, oh, this gets to another thing about Rias that was interesting in my campaign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on. So Flynn did not know what improv was. <laughs> so, so like improv is a big thing, and every thing is everyone knows the rule of yes and. Yeah. At least that's what I thought. But here's the thing: after the campaign, no, after the campaign, the campaign was said and done. We all finished. And I was talking to Flynn about like, yeah, I, I was frustrated at some points. Like you didn't go along with stuff. And he was like, why would I go along with stuff? I'm like, well, you know, the rule of improv. Yeah. He gives me a blank look, and he's like, what's the rule of improv? Come on, this is like senior year of high school. Oh, so Lord. I say that like that wasn't just a year ago. Yeah. But I'm sitting... <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm sitting here like, Flynn, you're joking. Like, Flynn, you're, you're, you're messing with me, right? He's like, has it ever... Like... No, and then he tells me too much. thing is, I've been friends with this man for 10 years. Right. 10 years. And thing is, I kind of blame myself for this because I was part of the reason he got into anime. But he's a massive weep, and he will be the first person to tell you that. Right. The thing is, it's he turns to me and goes, Val, you know this. If it's not from an anime or manga, I don't know it. And I'm like, dude, it's it's one of those things that literally it's mentioned in like every bit of pop culture. What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know the yes and rule. And then he's like, no, I just legitimately. And then the thing is, we talked to the party about it, and they were like, oh, that makes so much more sense. <laughs> Because, like, his character's whole deal is, like, they were from, like, a coven of witches, right? Right. And, like, the, the like, a rival faction within this coven, like, rose up, took it down, all this stuff. Thing is, uh, the big bad evil guy in my camp, there, there's, there's a few, actually, but it was, uh, it was, you know, now that I'm saying this out loud, it's going to be hard to explain because there's a lot of time travel. Oh, boy. <laughs> you know everything, you know your story's going to be, like, a com is going to be, like, a weird, like, trying to piece it together when you throw in time travel. Okay, 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 okay. I, I kind of have a method, but it, it requires me to go yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, So ahead, for the first ahead. campaign, my character was Alicia, right? Okay. Her whole deal is her great ancestor was uh, was this knight called Artorius. He he went through the abyss, blah, 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 blah. Got it. So she, she wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the end of the campaign, she sacrificed herself by sealing her and the main villain away into the abyss. Oh. And then the villain got dragged down to hell, which is two separate things and then, uh, but she was stuck in the abyss, right? Mm -hmm. uh, over time, she went slowly insane because the abyss was kind of a nightmare dimension. I would imagine. Well, not not just because it was bad. It was just because uh, the guy before her, who ruled over it, was uh, was an insane. Yeah, he was insane, and like he made all these nightmare creatures and stuff. Basically, uh, and like the demon lord of the abyss was missing. Like the demon lord of the abyss was actually really cool. 
he was a really nice guy, but he was missing because he was just gone for lunch. <laughs> well, he was gone for lunch. It's just uh, the the first the the crazy guy sealed him away, and then he was freed. Ah, okay. Uh, but as a reward, he made uh, Alicia, my character, uh, into a possessed suit of armor, so she wouldn't have to like go through the uh, the physical changes that come with staying in the abyss for too long. Alrighty. Uh, she slowly goes insane because. Uh, Abyss time is weird, and she was stuck there for roughly a thousand years. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she literally beat a Wish out of said Demon Lord, which, for th for those that don't know, Wish is the strongest spell in D&D. Because its whole gimmick, it can do all these things, and then it's, uh, it's like a, it's like an essay of a description. But it's like, it gives you examples of what it could do, like, without cost. And then, like, at the bottom, it's a whole paragraph of, uh, of... Or, alternatively, Wish can do whatever the DM wants, as long as it makes sense to the DM. Yeah. So, she wished to be back on the material plane, but due to the seal, she had to be stuck in the abyss. So the question was, how do you... And I like to imagine Wish is sentient, right? Like, I, I like to imagine magic to a degree is sentient. Right. So, Wish was trying to figure out, how do I make these two conditions true? So, it basically broke her soul in half. It literally just took her soul and just broke it like you would uh, trying to uh, to piss off an Italian person when you make spaghetti. Just breaking the spaghetti. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm right here. Man. Exactly. That's I'm what I'm right saying. Here. That's why I'm using the example. Anyway. Whoa. But yeah, no, no. So the thing is, like, her soul got split into two people, Ali and Sia, because I, I was too lazy to come up with actual names for them. Fair. So I just split her name in half. Uh, Ali, like, went on to be a hero, but when she left, because Abyss time is weird, she popped out, like, 3,000 years in the past. Oh. <laughs> So she had to witness all of history before she caught back up to the rest of the party. Oh. And then uh, Sia, her other self, was in the abyss, going even more insane and ruling over it. So then uh, by the time the campaign starts up, uh, she takes over, blah, 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 blah. And uh, she's basically used by this cult to uh, bring about another god, which, which uh, so there's this god, Gwyn. Interesting guy, kind of, kind of not the best person, but he's not terrible, you know? Right, yeah. And, and, like, in this country, his whole religion is, like, uh, is about cycles. So there are three Gwyns running... Yeah, there's, like, three or four Gwyns running around at any given moment. There's right. normal Gwyn, who's young and, like, has is yet to do what is called the first sin. Mm -hmm. uh, there's uh, Manic Gwyn, who is supposed to be from, ex like, literally ex immediately after he's done the first sin and he's gone insane. Then there's someone called Withered Gwyn, who is, like, all the way in the future, and he's, like, regretful of his actions, and, like, he's basically being punished for all this right. all this stuff. Withered Gwyn is, was the big bad evil guy. Got it. And he, he was, the, and he, like, made the cult, blah, 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 and, like, and, like manipulated uh, Alicia, who is now known as the Champion of Ash. All this stuff. Uh, I forgot why I was talking about this. <laughs> Wait, where was I? Where was I? We were uh, talking about, um, you were talking about time travel. Time travel, it, yeah, but then before that, um, it was, uh... It was, like campaign structure. Oh, right, uh, improv. Yes. Right, 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 right. So, so things, yeah, I had to explain all this. Because, uh, thing is, this, this cult, right, mm -hmm. uh, basically, they pulled, what I wrote in the story was they pulled a CIA and funded the group that took down Rias's family. Oh. I, I mentioned this to the party, and, and Flynn goes, that's not what would have happened. <laughs> he, he, he looked, he, 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 like, over Discord, I'm like, oh, yeah, like, this big revelation, is like, that's not what would have happened, that doesn't make sense. I'm like, so you can't say that to the DM. I'm like, dude, I'm trying to rope you into the story. So then it so then there was this really awkward disconnect 
where Rias was not connected to the story. <laughs> and then, and then, like in the end, like Flynn, Flynn managed to make it like, oh, Rias cares about her friend, so she's going to stay for the party. It's like cool, but I had this whole revenge plot planned, and that's now kind of steamrolled. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And thing is, uh, so the thing is, uh, Flynn is one of those people that if you read something, that is fact, right? Right. So, like, in terms of D and D alignments, right? Mm-hmm. He was chaotic neutral. Got it. Which you know is like chaotic in D and D terms is you do what you do things by any means necessary. Yep. And the neutral is you only care for yourself. Mm-hmm. So, Rius's character arc was, which thing is, in my opinion, the two most boring uh, alignments are neutral evil and chaotic neutral. Because you have you have like chaotic neutral can work sometimes. But neutral evil is definitely just boring, because both of them are you just do what you want, and then like there's there's nothing like tying your character to anything. You know what I mean? Well, I'd say what's like what mainly ties it together is like the the motivation that the character sets and like the individual player themselves set it. Yeah, yeah, but like but like in terms of base description, it's you only do what you you do what you want by any means necessary. So then it's like. They could very easily just like, oh well, here's like like they're they're not good, right? So like good yeah. would be like, oh yeah, like there's a dragon. Oh well, I'm gonna go slay that dragon. Yeah, because like it's like, why do you want to slay the dragon? It's like, oh, because it like burnt a village to the ground. So exactly, it's exactly. Like... No, no. And it's not evil. Where evil is like, you have your own plans. Yeah, I'm gonna get this dragon as my own personal pet. And I'm gonna ride it everywhere, and I'm gonna exactly. call it Sea Biscuit. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So like neutral, it's like yeah, okay, neutral works sometimes, hmm. but the issue is it's like, and like true neutral works the best because it's like that means your character like takes it like step by step yeah but it's it, it was those two alignments were just and things Flynn would make jokes about it and it got really annoying sometimes where we were like dude like especially since his character ended up just turning insane and it wasn't even he meant for it to be insane because that wasn't how he originally wrote it it just ended up insane because it was he was like no because he's one of those people that like seeing big numbers like, uh, like for example, in games, right? I have a personal prophecy, not prophecy, uh, <laughs> philosophy of like prophecy philosophy. Yeah. Anyway, I have a personal philosophy of I will not use the meta because I think meta is really boring because it's just it's because for those that don't know, meta is like it is the most effective way to do something. Which means like there's no there's no learning gap. That, like you don't learn anything. It's just there yeah exactly it's just there to make the game easy and i'm like like sometimes meta is fun right like sometimes like if it's interesting i'll take it but in the case of like like that's like dark souls for example right because that's one of my favorite games of all time all right there's like how the game is like kind where it's like the game is infamous for being hard and uh thing is there's there's a few different builds but we're going to focus on two specifically so like in dark or three so in dark souls one like the meta build was uh strength because strength weapons in that game were overpowered as all hell. Like, you could one-shot things. And then it, it, Dark Souls' whole gimmick is you're supposed to learn how to get better. That's what, like, the meme of get good comes from Dark Souls. Ah, uh, the classic get good. Exactly, exactly. That comes from Dark Souls originally. Or, uh, and then it's like, okay, cool. Like, why would I do, like, that's just boring. And then there's also a spell called uh, Black Flame. Which, here's the thing. I really like that spell in later versions of the game. But in Dark Souls 1, it's terrible. It's the asshole spell. Because it deals so much damage. And it ignores your defenses. And it's just, it's one of those things of like, why wouldn't you? Yeah, that, that's the problem. Yeah. It's meta makes it so like, there's no diversity. Yeah. I was going to say, that kind of reminds me of like, um, a concept in video games where it's called dominant strategy. Where if you have a means to like, take care of a situation, you're almost always going to use it. 
exactly, exactly. There, there's only a few times where I don't, but that, that's why I don't like meta, because it's everyone's like, oh well, if it makes it easier, I'm like, you're missing the point. Yeah, this is the whole thing. So yeah, Flynn liked meta things, and he, it's like he, like he's gone to me, and we've had arguments of, of it before. Of like, what's better, learning the game and playing it? or doing what's most effective. Yeah, or like just bulldozing right through. Exactly, and I've been like, no, I'd rather feel like I achieved something yeah. than following a guide and... Exactly. I mean? Like, one campaign I remember where is like actually like a progression within a story, or at least kind of one... Well, yeah, actually, no, this one in particular. I was thinking of a different campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, I conducted where basically the party wakes up in a, like, hermit's bed, basically. He's just, a, he's just a guy who's, like, after his whole... I'll get to his story eventually, once I actually... Yeah, yeah, no yeah. worries, no worries. So, essentially, like, the players wake up, and it's <laughs> you have this just, like, older gentleman who is just, like, you know, tending up to your wounds or whatnot, because the party sustained, like, a prior battle that they have no recollection of. Right. Yeah. So, he's just this nice, caring old guy that I have named Philbar. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, Philbar. yeah. Philbar sounds like this. <laughs> right, I got you, I got you. Yeah. Um, his whole backstory was that he was a, like, a former bounty hunter mercenary kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Along with his, uh, along with his, one of his buddies, a gith named Stefan. A gith is, by the way, just, like, another race, if you guys are curious. Oh, aren't those, like, the space elves? Pre- primordial elves, yes. <laughs> okay, because thing is, uh, one of my favorite jokes in D&D is, uh, it's either human monster or just some variant of elf like there is no 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 because no, this works with everything like human like like i classify human as like oh well that'd be like human uh other human like well no because there's like three variant humans because there's what revenant variant human and then human oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah or like and then like there's half elf and then like half orc and it's like okay like like you at some point are human and mm-hmm. then like i i even put like halflings and gnomes in that because they're just they're just small humans. They're just tiny people. Exactly. exactly. Like, literally, the only gimmick halflings have is they are lucky. Canonically, that is, like, the only thing they have going for them. <laughs> Not even the fact that, like, it's like, oh, they're small, so then they're able to, like, crawl into spaces and, like, no, be... No, 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 no. Like, they literally start with something called the lucky feet, and it just... That's a, that's their whole gimmick. They're just very lucky, like, dwarves. That's it. <laughs> no, no, no. So, like, the, like, that's the human category. The monster category is, like, uh... Like... Uh, Minotaurs are a thing now, or like Leonin, or Changelings, or that sort of thing. Okay. And then like, like sure, there's a little bit of a like a are they like if are they aren't they with uh, in terms of Asimar and Tieflings because those are like those descendant of angels and gods and those descendant of like demons. Right. And then elf. Hold on, I'm gonna pull up a list. I'm going to pull up a list of all the types of elves in D and D. Oh lord. Hold on. Hold all on. right, here we go. Yeah, I was gonna say. And then, yeah, I, have, I haven't pulled out the computer yet for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, pull it up, and then uh, I'll continue the story. Yeah. Uh, gotta wait for this to load. New Philbar story. Uh, where are? Okay, okay. Elven subraces. Okay. Let's go. Let's hear it. Uh, there's elves and Greyhawk. Okay, elves in the Forgotten Realms. There's the aquatic elves or the sea elves. Uh, Avariel, or Winged Elves, Drow, or Dark Elf, which also has their names in Elvish, which it's... I don't even want to touch that. Ooh. Like, 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 look, you just, just, just... It's, it's in parentheses. Oh my. Yeah, I don't, I don't, like, like, I'm going to spell this. It is, 
like like aquatic elves, right? It's A L U apostrophe T E L apostrophe Q U E S S I R. I just I'm not even gonna touch that. Anyway, no, so we're at three right now with Drow, uh, Lothari, which are just a sub. They're just werewolf elves, but oh. they're considered a separate subsection. Um, moon elves, aka silver elves, and they are the most common elves. Snow elves, star elves, aka mithril elves, which they live in just a whole other dimension. <laughs> uh, sun elves, uh, aka gold elves, wild elves, aka green elves, wood elves, and that, that, that's ten, just in the base yep. game. That's ten in the base game. And then there's the Elves of Eberron, which they're the whole thing. Uh, and then other elven sub-races. <laughs> I'm sorry, I read the first one. I'm already done. Uh, no, 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 no. Just the first one, it's like, alright, I've seen enough here. <laughs> no, 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 because straight up, straight up, other elven sub-races. Ghost elves. Those are considered a completely separate definition of elf. That's just, but a ghost elf is just a dead elf, though. Well, no, 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 because it's, it's canonically like a type of elf that is now extinct, but they are still alive as ghosts. Oh, okay. So that's how they, that's how they throw it. Yeah, they're, they're basically demonic elves, according to this description. Got it, got it, got it. Uh, paint, painted elves, which are just desert elves. <laughs> painted elves. No, it's not like they have like a bunch of like polka dots on their face or no, anything no, no. like that. Uh, and then gray elves, a.k.a. valley elves. And then there's half elves. Oh, and then I don't know if I mentioned high elf, which which I'm sorry, I just gotta talk about high elves real quick. Alright, because like the stereotype is like they're like the Legolas type, where they're like majestic and all. I always looked at them and went, they're full of themselves. Yeah, like, well, I like, feel like if, that's kind of the whole thing nowadays. Like, you know, people look, are understanding now that high elves are just full of themselves. Yeah, they're just prideful. Like, they're just like, like overzealous, egotistical pieces of like, shit. Like, if you if you have to go so far as like all these other races are like, okay, wood elves they live in the forest. A drow, they live in like the underdark, right? Yeah. Right? You call yourself high elves. Like, like you are the highest of the elves. You are the purest of the elves. Like, I'm like, what? It, it, I'm, just, I'm just astounded. You know what I mean? I am flabbergasted. They have to, yeah, they give their own title something that, like, goes above and beyond just to make themselves feel better. When they are the, no when the funniest thing is, they are, like, in terms of mechanics, they are the default. They are the default, default elf. <laughs> It's so bad. Oh, lordy. Oh, and then there's another v variant called Eladrin Elves, which are just a variant of... Ah, <laughs> uh, this game. I love this game, but sometimes I'm like... Sh shall, I, <laughs> shall I distract you with from the different variants of elves and continue the story of Philbar? Yes, and then I want to jump into something that this all reminds me of. All right, yeah, 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 yeah. So, with Philbar, he is a... He's a retired he's a retired bounty hunter mercenary, and his whole deal was that like um, he also has a, he basically decided to go into retirement because after one of his last um, one of his last jobs, he ended up not only losing his his wife but also his eye. Mm -hmm. And so his thing is that like you know he's just living a life of seclusion and just being happy and being content with that. Right. That is until um, some goblins that are working for like a like a like some kind of like war criminal like warlord kind of deal mm -hmm. is just like coming up on his territory and be like oh i see you're trying to enjoy a nice retirement well how would it be if i just didn't <laughs> and then philbar's like are you for real though i'm just like trying to live my own life here you are a great voice actor I just gotta say man thank you and then stefan over here is just like so what exactly do we do here with these um 
guest of yours. I'm oh, sorry, that, uh, you keep going. That just reminded me of another story, but you keep going. Right. Yeah, so like the... I was going to say, I remember... Oh, wait, okay. I remember what one of the characters was. One of them was an Aarakocra, or bird people. <laughs> no, the thing is, I always forget they exist. Yeah, I know. It's like, you look at no, it... No, no, especially, especially since there's a more popular race of bird people, the Kenku. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, pigeon people. Or, I thought they were crow people. Oh, wait, yeah, no, they are crow people. You are yeah, correct. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and so like... Or um, the new one, Owlin. Oh, wait. Owl people now? Yeah, no, there's owl people now. What the... Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm gonna... I'm gonna... Wizards of the Coast, where have I been? No, no, like, like they were introduced in some... Hold on, I'm gonna see if I can find yeah, them. Yeah, 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 and uh, so, like... Yeah, yeah, Owlin. They're from the uh, the Strixhaven book. Uh, oh, that's actually a really cool design. Yeah. Dang. They're just, they're just humanoid owls. <laughs> <laughs> they're just like a normal, like, human body, but just an owl for a head. <laughs> Like, not even just, like, half, not even, like, the owl's head itself, like, just the full-bodied owl just, like, replacing <laughs> the human skull and neck. No, no, so the thing is, like, what I've noticed is Wizards of the Coast has a weird uh, association with owls, because there's owl bears. Oh, I almost died to one of those in my first campaign. Which, like, here's what gets me, like, I, I'm like, okay, owl bears. so is this gonna be, like, an Avatar The Last Airbender thing where every animal's gonna- no. No, they're, like, every, like, there's normal animals, there's normal bears. Those are a thing. <laughs> There's no. just normal animals. Or, or there's bugbears, which aren't even bears. Bugbears are just like... They're tall ass... They're like just tall ass goblins, basically. Yeah, well, no, no, that's the thing. So the thing is, in this game, you can play as a goblin, a hobgoblin, which is canonically a, like, upper goblin. Right. And then there's a bugbear, which just looks like a hairy hobgoblin. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't, it's or, all confusing. It's so weird. This is how it be sometimes, you know? Absolutely. It's like... Dang. Um, so yeah, then like the goblins, like basically after like patching them up or whatnot, there were some goblins like kind of screwing around Philbar's place, mm -hmm. and they're like, "All right, so we just gotta make sure we get it." Oh God, no! Look, there's people here. We gotta run. I'm not dying here today. <laughs> and they just immediately died. And then like uh, that's where Stefan came in. He's like, "So I realized that looking over at the goblin corpses, that uh, one of them has a little branded symbol on his arm." Don't mind the fact that I just cut this arm off while he's dead. It's perfectly fine. And then Philbar's like, Oh, I've seen this symbol before. I've seen this before. In many a time. And then, like, you know, the big bad evil guy is the person who took his eye and also his wife. Right, yeah. It, you know, for the sake of storytelling. No, of course, yeah. You've yeah. always got to have the... Like, if you... Thing is, I saw a really funny concept mm -hmm. of, like, have all these hints that the BBEG had a terrible childhood. Yeah. But no, they're just evil. Like, like, no, 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 just imagine the hero's like, Hark, villain, I, we will slay you with the power of friendship. And like, and then like someone else in the party goes like, we understand you've had a terrible childhood. It's like, no, my parents love me. It's like, no, I just want to be evil. You know, no, but were, were you not orphaned? No, I just, no. But have, were you not bullied? Oh, were you reading like my fan fiction? No, <laughs> no, I just, no, no, I had a great life. Like, I, I. I was a good kid. I'm just bored. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm just bored with just the, you know, the idea of order and prosperity that I wanted the world to burn in conquest. Okay, okay, but but that story reminds me yeah, of yeah, uh, yeah, two, yeah. Th two things. Yes. A, uh, I had an NPC called Laudis the Amanasida, which his whole deal was... <laughs> I, I love this so much. So his whole deal is he's a magic item. Right. He was a mask, right? And his whole... He was given to the monk, and his whole deal is uh, he used to be a monk that uh, that was from this uh, this sect of the, the Gwyn religion I mentioned earlier. Right, He's from yeah. a sect of it that their whole focus is on Gwyn's sacrifice during the first sin. Got it. 
And uh, so their whole deal is like, we must constantly like punish ourselves in penance in order to honor his sacrifice. Right. And yeah. like at a certain point in their order, you have to choose either A, do you basically go out and die in a quest? Or B, do you get turned into a magic item to serve your sentence? Right. He chose magic item. And here's the thing. He's a psychic mask whose whole gimmick is he's, he's just a Spanish dude. He's just Spanish dude. Oh, so that's where, the, that's where like, the Stefan reminded you. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, no, no. And this whole dude is like, hello, I am Laudis, the Amanacida. And, like, and like thing is, he's a psychic mask. So, like, yeah. like he was attached to the main character, right? I or not the main character. I can hear your Thing is, thing is, I, uh, when he first showed up, I gaslit the whole party. We're, we're constantly throughout their, uh, or I didn't gaslight them entirely, but uh, thing is, he would, he speaks through the message cantrip, which is just psychic uh, communication. Right. So he'd message them one at a time. Hello, I am Laudas, the Amanacida. Hello, I am Laudas, the Amanacida. Hello, I am Laudas. <laughs> no, no, thing is, thing is, every time he shows up, every time someone new shows up, he introduces himself as, Hello, I am Laudas, the Amanacida. Oh, I mean, that's just, that's just him being cordial, no, you no, know? No, 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 like. no. The thing is, when he first showed up, when he first showed up, his whole gimmick was, he was like, Have you ever considered tenants? And, like, they'd be like, Laudas, I'm not going to stab myself just because I feel bad. And he's like, Hey, Penance always is good, and like, like he'd, he'd keep. I mean, you could, you could not do it, but exactly. you could also very much do exactly. it. He's like, oh, have you ever feel guilty? Penance, and then yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just this whole thing. No, and then things eventually. Uh, it, he got a really funny relationship with the person he was bonded to, right? Uh, the monk, where it was a whole thing of originally the monk did had wanted nothing to do with him, right? Right. Yeah. And like uh, he disappeared for half the campaign because there was a, like this whole magic item thing where it's like, oh. Oh, uh, it was a thing I did called Chance Time. Mm-hmm. All you need to know is they were in the maze of an insane beholder, which for those... Everyone knows what a beholder is. It's just the ball with the eyes. The floating ball with eyes and a bunch of tentacles. Yeah, and they're usually insane. Yep. Yeah, well, this one could break the fourth wall. Oh. And it, it was like, oh, we're going to play this like Mario Party. We're going to put you in a maze. <laughs> we're going to put you in a maze, <laughs> and each room does something different. Oh, it was basically out uh, the cube. You ever, you ever yes. seen that? Uh, yeah, the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was yeah. the cube. And one of the the chant, one of the rooms, or several of the rooms, was something called Chance Time, where I rolled on this big like D one thousand table. Oh. And each player rolled three times and got three different effects. One of them was you lose a magic item. Oh. <laughs> so loud. This was the one that got lost. So then it, no. it led to this whole character moment of uh, the monk was like, actually, Loudus wasn't that bad. But then when they find Loudus again. Uh, he basically turns into the stereotype of a of a of a Hispanic girlfriend, <laughs> where he is cursing out the monk to all his friends except for the monk. Like 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 the monk tries to apologize, and he goes on this like I literally had to because like I, I'm Hispanic, but Spanish isn't my strong suit sometimes. Yeah. So I had to like before the session type up a whole list of insults, <laughs> type up a whole list of insults in Spanish, and he was just insulting the monk. To the, and it was, it, was, it was a nice moment and then he got an upgrade it was, it was cool there we go but, but the second thing I want to talk about because yeah, yeah. uh, the elf thing reminded me of this yep Harry Potter <laughs> so listen I want to talk about because I've been wanting to talk about this for someone for a while I just love how he just immediately is like so Harry Potter no 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 so hear me out hear me out alright alright so JK Rowling yep really fell off as an author right mm-hmm. absolutely and like, like it's one of those things of uh have you ever heard of the saying "alligator under the bed"? Uh, I have. I believe I have heard it before. It sounds familiar. Yeah, for, for those that don't know, "alligator under the bed" means like, listen, there's an alligator under your bed, but as long as you do not bother, as long as you do nothing, you are fine. 
Right. And there's a massive alligator under the bed in Harry Potter of where were the wizards during World War II? Because they, they reference, they reference constantly that, like, <laughs> that, like the wizard. No, 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 because the thing is, it's, it's the thing, it's the thing of, uh, they, they can, canonically in the books, wizards can tell the future. Right. right. So then, so then a lot of people raise the question of, oh, why, why didn't they stop the Holocaust? And, like, you could just as well argue, oh, well, they're not, like, they were apathetic because they didn't care because they don't care about muggles, right? Right, or the fact that it's, like, you know, wizards don't go along with, like, you know, regular human life. And exactly, stuff. exactly, that's what I'm saying, that's what I'm saying. In the newest movie, so, so, you know how, so, like, in the mo- newest movie, what is it, uh, Secrets of Dumbledore? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, Fantastic I... Beasts. They answer the question, what did the wizards do during World War- during uh, the Holocaust? I'm scared. So, so Grindelwald told you, right? He's like, he's like, uh, he's like uh, the Voldemort, full Voldemort. Right. Except when you find out what his deal, his deal is, he wants to merge the wizard and Muggle world. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people argue like, oh, he's the villain because he wants to rule over both, which is entirely understandable. Yeah. Here's the thing. One of the things he planned to do was to stop World War II. So one of the things wizards fought, and the thing is, he canonically got beaten. And he canonically, like, they canonically went, went, no, we have to stop uh, Grindelwald. So that means, canonically, wizards were not only apathetic to the Holocaust in World War II, they fought to actively ensure it would happen. My god. No, and not, not, even, to, not even to mention, all the things, because the thing is, like, I think we're all aware that J.K. Rowling is more or less, uh, actually, no, not more or less, she's, uh, she's transphobic. I was gonna say off a rocker. Yeah, no, absolutely. She's transphobic, uh, anti-Semitic, because, like, in, in the movies and the books, uh, goblins are Jew-coded. Oh. And, you know, she, she describes them as having long, crooked noses, and they run all the banks. Yeah. Oh, that's, uh... Yeah. That, oh. That doesn't, that doesn't look, that no. doesn't look good. No, that does not. Yeah. And, and, uh, yeah, so it's, it's all these things. It's all these things. And then it's, like... It's like you could have very easily just not. not. No, but but everyone knows she has that. She just keeps adding on. Yeah, so it's like just it's like why do you do this to yourself? No, no. Like I saw a thing on TikTok that I was like, oh, if you could add one thing to the to the Harry Potter canon, what would you add? And someone was making a joke of all the things that are canon. Okay, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna go through the list of some of the more ridiculous things that are canon. I'm gonna go through the list. Actually, no, no. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna make up some facts. All right. And I'm going to tell you some real things. And I want you to guess which one's fake. Got it. Okay. We're mm-hmm. gonna do a little game of this. Avengers' power is diarrhea. What? No. <laughs> no, no. Okay. Okay. All right. All so, right. So, sorry. Hey, so, go ahead. So, hey, uh, wizards, uh, wizards used to just before the invention of toilets, before they understood what piping was, they would just shit their pants and magic it away. All right. Uh, we're gonna do this like two truths and a lie style. Let's okay. Yep, yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, second thing, I kind of already, actually, no, I already spoiled that one. Um, trying to think. Oh, oh. Um, in the recent game that's coming out, uh, the Jew-coded uh, goblins are teaming up with the Death Eaters, which are basically Nazis. <laughs> and th- actually, oh, okay. Th- these are a lot harder to come up with because I need to pull up a list of what is uh, canon in the, in the in the Harry Potter universe. In... 
Uh, oh, oh, uh, Lord Voldemort has a child. Like, someone had sex with him. Which of those is real and which of those is fake? You know, I'm gonna go with, uh, the first one is definitely real. The wizards, uh... Shit themselves? Yep, the wizards crap themselves in their own pants, and then they just magic it away instead of, you know, just using a regular toilet. I want to say the third one is a lie, because I don't believe anyone would want to get down on that snake, man. Here's the thing, they're all canon. God! All of them. All of them are canon. I knew you'd pull out a wild card like that! All of them are canon. <laughs> I, know you, I knew you would bring out some kind of wild card. I was like, a part of my mind was just like, there's gotta be some. There's like, there's, there's gotta be maybe some kind of like little. No, I'm going. I'm going through. Okay, so the thing is, some of these I'm going through are uh, are from the latest. It's not a book. It's a play. Right. Uh, the Cursed Child, which J.K. Rowling has gone on to say is canon. Oh, okay. <laughs> which, which I'm just gonna go through a list. Oh, of... I mean, when you're the author of your own book or whatnot, you yeah, no, but it's one of those things canon. of it's. Yeah, no, no, no. But I'm gonna go through a list of some of these. Uh, there's a rumor that one of the characters in the new book is the son of Lord Voldemort. Okay. Lord Voldemort actually does have a child, but it's not that kid. Got it. Uh, his lover was Bellatrix Lestrange. Oh God. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, no, no. That crazy, that, that crazy bitch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, no. That, that, that's his lover. Oh uh, God, dang it. Oh, oh. So you know how Harry is is constantly stated to be really nice, I and mean, he, like, he is really nice. Yeah. In the books. He straight up told his his own son he wished he wasn't his son. My God, what the? Yeah, no, that got about got a lot of controversy. Uh, and that same son got sorted into Slytherin, which isn't too bad. Oh, okay, that one's not all that. Yeah, well, because if you think about it, though, in the oh. books, like the fact that like Slytherin actually has a bad picture or whatnot, that's because they only had like bad people in it. From what I've been told or whatnot, like Slytherin itself is actually like a fine like group. But it's just the fact that it's like, oh, we oh, just gotta have oh, evil. You, you remember in the movies how there was the the lady that sold candy? Yep. She, she's a monster. Canonically, she is a, an immortal monster that is on there to add extra security to the train. Really? Yeah. What is the... What? What? Yeah. Yeah. You're just breaking my mind right here, Val. Yeah, uh... You're breaking my mind. It's so weird. Oh, okay, okay. There's one here of the... I don't know if... Actually, no, I, I, I do not like J.K. Rowling. I was going to say, I don't know if I love her or hate her. I was going to uh, say, You remember like, Uncle Vernon, the, the, yep. the sh uh, Harry shitty uncle? Yep. Uh, canonically, he is pro-Brexit. What? J.K. Rowling went out of her way to explain that this fictional character that literally only sh ever shows up in, like, the first chapter of like each Like, the first book. couple movies, yeah. No, like no, not first... even the movie. Like, like the first chapter of each book yeah. is pro-Brexit. Why? <laughs> Why? Uh, like, it just reminds me of, like, how like the, how she went as far as to be like, oh, yeah, so, like, uh, Severus Snape was based off, like, my high school chemistry teacher. <laughs> Which, by the way, Potter, I'm here to tell you to get <gasps> more Potter. <laughs> so I'm, I'm seeing another one here. So you know so you know Voldemort? What? So, so you know how his name is Voldemort? Yep. According to this, uh, Rowling has corrected people saying that the T at the end of his name is silent because it's supposed to be French. So it's Voldemort? But here's the issue. She herself has said Voldemort time and time. So she doesn't even go with her own pronunciation. No, that's the thing. That's the thing. It's a thing she's infamous for. Like, like there was one time where, uh, like, thing is, in, in my opinion, like, in terms of cosplay, anyone can cosplay anyone, right? Right, yeah. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. And, like, she was responding to people getting after this black cosplayer that was cosplaying Hermione. 
Why? No, 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 no. But she was she was going in favor of the cosplayer going. Oh. No, I never said Hermione was white. Even though a, uh, someone responded to her tweet with literally every instance where Hermione's described as having a white face. <laughs> or, uh... What else is... Oh, oh, well, isn't oh there an, no. I was gonna say, another joke I keep hearing for J.K. Rowling is just the fact that, like, she just gets drunk half the time when coming up with the can like with the canon for Harry Potter. No, or, or, um... Have you ever heard some of the names of some of the characters there that are there for, for, uh... For, uh... Diversity? I have not. So, like, one, like, the only, like, Chinese wizard we ever see in the movies and the books is Cho Chang. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Oh, my God. Or, uh, or, or, uh, hold on, what's his name? What's his name? Uh, if memory serves... Uh, where is it? There's, uh, I'm trying to find, the, I know the last name. I just don't, there it is. There it is. So, so I want you to guess canonically what the what one of the uh, the uh, black characters in Harry Potter is called. It, it's the uh, actually no, I'm not even gonna have you guess. His name is Kingsley Shacklebolt. <laughs> what? Kingsley Shacklebolt. Oh. 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 Or you know how how Harry Potter's whole deal is like Fantastic Beasts takes place in America and it's about the American school and Hogwarts is obviously the British school. Yep. Mm -hmm. She's gone into description of what the African school is. Oh no. So he listen. I we're having a nice moment here where you're staring into my eyes. I want you to see the pain. That's here. I will I will watch it. I will I will share the same sentiments. So 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 explain it to here's me. Here's the thing. She described that uh, the African school specializes in dark magic. Just yeah. Oh my. No, no, here's the thing. At first it was cool. Because in the description, it's they specialize in uh in wandless magic, which in Harry Potter is like a big deal. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Like, I, right. I respect that. That's a cool concept. Like, but thing is, among its specialties, aside from wandless magic, is nature magic, which makes sense. Like, like, I, like I respect that. Mm -hmm. And then dark magic. They just straight up say they specialize in dark magic, which constantly in the Harry Potter universe is stated as a terrible thing. <laughs> oh my god. So it's like, it's, it's all, so what? Is she like putting a comparison? It's like voodoo magic or some stuff? No, no, that's like canonically what dark magic is. Oh. Oh my god, oh. When, when voodoo, when you look at it historically, isn't even that bad. That's... And it just... Oh. Okay, so like, oh. like, we, like we kind of got off topic of D&D, &D, which is a shame, and it's... Like, we're past an hour, so like, right. part of me is like, oh, should we keep going? But thing is, it's like, the last episode's like, an hour, and I'm like... Thing is, we're having a great conversation. I know, like... That, that's the issue with this podcast. That's the issue with this podcast. It's... We have... There's such good conversations here... But the issue is, it's I only, we only have so much time. You gotta condense it all together, you know. You know how about how about this? How about this? I'm right. gonna give us ten more minutes. All right. We're just gonna. I just want to shit on Harry Potter. Can we do that? <laughs> sure. You know what? Can that's we, that's valid. I'm you. I'm down. Let's do it. Okay. Thank okay. You, thank I, I got my own thing. I want to crap on. Wait, okay. 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 What's up? What's up? All right. All right. So, Pottermore. <laughs> Are you ready for it? I knew it was gonna come up eventually. What's up? Oh no! Basically, I like I don't know anything specific, but for my thing, I just wanted to make a joke on with the fact that when I first did it, I was like, "Oh, come on, come on, baby, get me into Gryffindor because I'm basic as all heck. Let's go. I'm in Hufflepuff." Uh, actually, that tracks. I'm just like, I can see that. Why? 
am I in God dang Hufflepuff? Hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can remember my uh my Potter more. Yeah, and then I just remember like a comedy sketch from Pro Z D. Do you know? You oh know? yeah, 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 I know yeah, yeah. Uh, Sung One Show. Um. I remember his joke for it. It was like, all right, so I'm going to check on Pottermore. It's like, human Dementors were made of shit. <laughs> so, uh, so, 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 the, on, the Dementors' on. power was diarrhea. Okay, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Right. I managed to sign into my Pottermore from like years ago. Oh. Okay, so the thing is, I'm Gryffindor. Ah, oh, dang it, you fucky. Yeah. I wish I was in Gryffindor. Uh, my wand con is a... Uh, According to this, is an aspen wood with a phoenix core, 12 and a half inch, with an unbending flexibility. Which the question is, what does any of that mean? Ooh, unbending flexibility. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> anyway, uh, so the thing is, uh, okay, so according to this, aspen wood is, uh, good for charms and stuff. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. Aspen wood is used for duelists. Phoenix core is the rarest core type. And, uh, it shows someone with the most initiative. I have ADHD. I have no initiative. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, 12 and a half length, because even the length, even the length has something to do with your personality for some reason. The length is just like, depending on, uh, depending on what personality test you score, depends on the amount of length that you have. Uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> and then unbending flexibility. Wand flexibility or rigidity denotes the degree of adaptability and willingness to change possessed by the which implies that my wand will never change which is cool which is cool but my patronus on the other hand in hindsight feels racially motivated why what is it it's a monkey what <laughs> so oh my god so the thing is i'm not sure we can go too far into this on this <laughs> i was gonna say i don't <laughs> no but yeah it's a, it's a but it's the unbending flexibility though okay can i just say that just by hearing it i immediately thought it's like the unbending made me think of dicks no, that's fair. Like, uh, it's no, there's, like, there's been a lot of like, if you have like a bendy, like a bending wand, it means like that you're good at like creating okay. like. <laughs> okay, so here's the here's the the funny thing is it, it specifically it is a capuchin monkey, which is from South America. I am originally from South America. Oh my. No, but hold on. What? Uh, oh my. I'm trying to see uh, what. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I'm gonna fan myself you know, from all this oh mying. You know, because for some reason, for some reason, every little thing in Harry Potter has a meaning, and it's. Which also, which is another thing I want to talk about, the time turner. That could have fixed so much, because because it's like specifically with the type of. It just, I don't know. Like Harry Potter did not need time travel, especially since like people have debated what kind of time. Because have you ever heard the arguments of, like the different kinds of time travel? Yes, I have. Yeah. So the thing thing is, Harry Potter follows similar logic to uh, Back to the actually no Back to the Future is different. So it's like linear time travel or no no no. no. So the the time turner is linear time travel. But okay. the way they present it is, you are, like, how do I put this? It's the, uh, uh, so, like, you know how in Back to the Future, it's, like, he actively changes the future by going right, to the past? Right, yes. No, 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 no. Harry Potter time travel is, you, is the argument of, you are always fated to have gone back in the past to, uh, to do the thing. Because there's that scene where, uh, where Harry gets saved by the, from the Dementors by what he thinks is his dad. Right. But in reality, it's just future Harry that's coming back in time right. to save yes. his own life. So then it's just... It's just, it's just... It's like, what do you do? Exactly. Exactly. And it's one of those things of literally... Like, it's just... It's such... It's such a weird thing. You know what I mean? It's... Like, it didn't need to be stated. It didn't need to be explained. And... It's just there. Exactly. It's just... No, there's so much in, uh... Hold on, what else is there? 
Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so so number one on this list is the fact that wizards ba- wizards didn't use bathrooms until recently. <laughs> I just like to imagine it's just like so. How was recent in terms of wizard history? Uh, 1985. It's like <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, the wizards didn't use uh toilet regular like regular ass toilets until 1985. That was when you know like they were all partying out one night and then just. Dumbledore is like coming on to Snape and is like, yo, bro, I got this great idea. Why don't we bring out some toilets instead of just, you know, matching in a way our fecal matter. Mm-hmm. So, that so sounds like a wonderful idea. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you know how the thing is like recently everyone knows like, no, don't listen to J.K. Rowling when she talks about Harry Potter. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the thing is, uh, one of the things that uh, according to this article I'm reading is like it was like the first nail in the coffin. Right. Mm-hmm. Was uh, was uh, when people asked her, where are the Jewish wizards? Well, there's one. There's only one, and he's only ever referenced by name, specifically. But, uh, he's... Uh, but, but his name is Anthony Goldstein. Oh. Like, it's not even, like... That's not even subtle. Exactly, exactly. It's not even subtle. That's what I'm saying. And oh, a lot Lordy. of people are, like, uh... No, the thing is, thing is, she added him post the story, according to this this article. It's uh, into the series post-mortem for many fans because it's because he was one of the original 40 characters made when writing characters, ah. but he wasn't in- actually introduced in the books. He's just a character that exists in the bank. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Or uh, I'd just be like if she were to like throw in an Italian wizard and just be like, oh yeah, he's just there. He just he's... His, his name is Bippity Boppity Mario. I was like, just about to say it's like it's he's uh, Bippity Boppity and his main magic is spaghetti. Exactly. His, his <laughs> wand is just a spaghetti string. Oh, that would be that would be a very floppy wand. Actually, oh no, I mean like uncooked. Oh, yeah, that. <laughs> anyway, anyway, no. Or or one thing is like you know how usually with a story you're supposed to like leave it like once you're done that's it like yeah. let the characters have their happy ending. Exactly. Uh, canonically, Her- Hermione and Ron have marriage problems. What the? Why? Which thing is, in my opinion, I've always been of the opinion that Hermione should have gotten with Harry. Well, I mean, wasn't that, like, Rowling's, like, original idea was the fact that, like, she wanted, like, Harry and Hermione to go together, but then uh, she was, like, at the last minute, was like, nah, no, it's too cliche. Boom, we're just gonna switch the ships. Granted, well, not switch the ships, because Harry ended up with Ron's sister, but... Oh, yeah, that is true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, no, it's just... Or, uh... One thing is that... Uh, so thing is, uh, th- she's only now introducing that uh, Dumbledore has another sibling because it's we we know of uh, of uh, his sister, we know of his brother Aberforth, but mm-hmm. in in Fantastic Beasts two they just go, no, he has another long lost brother, and I'm like, oh, magic! It yeah, it's like magic family members. Boom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, and thing is, thing is, uh, there was a tell-all book published within the canon of uh, of of uh, of Harry Potter, written by a character called Rita Skeeter, whose whole deal is like she it was everything to know about Dumbledore. Right. And, one, and if anyone had found it, it would have been Rita. So it's one of those things of it's 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 Dumbledore has like a stalker fan. No, no, no. It's one of those things of of Rowling is just going back in time and just adding random things. Right. Or another thing is like uh, according to this article like the timeline for his birth makes no sense. <laughs> I mean it'll be yeah. perfectly fine. Don't worry. It all it all makes sense when uh, it won't ever make sense. <laughs> I don't know when I was going to throw that. No, or uh, or one thing is uh so thing is uh through multiple interviews uh 
So through multiple interviews, uh, J.K. Rowling has stated that she has been uh, Hogwarts is uh, inspired by the, the British welfare system, so Hogwarts is tuition free. Ah, okay. But the issue is this runs entirely counter to what we see in the books and the movies, because the Weasley family is buying school essentials like wands and school supplies, which would usually be considered part of tuition. Oh. What else? Uh, ch -ch -ch -ch. She just randomly mentioned that McGonagall has no luck in terms of love. Oh, well, that's kind of sad for McGonagall. Uh, oh, uh... Do, 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 do. Uh, so, thing is, she also messed up Dumbledore's timeline in general, because canonically he used to teach Transfiguration, right? Right, okay. But then the issue is, uh... In, in the movie Crimes Against G Grindelwald, he's teaching Defense Against the Dark Arts. Because this is never mentioned in the, in the book. And it's not the most egregious thing JK has done, but it's definitely like... It, it messes with the timeline. It's one of those retcon things. Yeah. And then, uh, what else is there? Uncle Vernon's brought back, so much. Okay, uh, the origin of Hogwarts' name is... So the thing is, you would think it's based on the town it's in, Hogsmeade. Right, yeah. Uh, no, the town, according to J.K. Rowling, the town was built after the school, and she provided a new story as to what, why it's called Hogwarts. <laughs> uh, one of the founders of the school, Helena Ravenclaw, which also, how full of yourself do you have to be to name the houses of a school after yourself? That's, yeah. That's... Like, at least the founders of Ilvermorny, the American school, like, named after animals they just thought were cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, okay, here's the thing. According to J.K. Rowling, uh, Helena Ravenclaw had a dream about a warty hog, and just named the school that. <laughs> that, why? Why not just name it after the town? It saves, like, so much time, and it makes more sense, and it actually, like, you know, it, like, gives, like, a little bit of some world building. Nah, I just, I decided to name it this way because, you know, for the heck of it, I wanted to. So, there we go. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There we go. That's my reasoning. You don't get any other else. <laughs> oh, my... Yeah, and it's just, uh, or, or uh, one thing she, so the thing is, in the in the canon of, of Harry Potter, there's something, there's the Bogarts, which are those creatures that turn into your worst fear, right? Right, yep. So the thing is, Voldemort's worst fear has been death, and J.K. Rowling has gone out of her way to explain, like, oh yeah, the Bogart would just turn into his own corpse. <laughs> which, like, cool, great way to give a child an existential crisis. It's <laughs> just like, I just imagine, like, Voldemort just goes to it, and then it's just like, as soon as, like, the door opens, it's just... Yeah, no, no. Or, or one, th one thing that always got me and my friend was like, if there was a, war they always, she, she always paints this image of wizards are better than muggles. But realistically, right? Just pull out a gun. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> no, thank you, thank you. Because it's like, yeah, it's just like, be like, all right, I got this, guys. No, no, no okay, okay, okay. Because then it's like, no, we have wands and da, 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 da. It's like, like cool, sure, cool, you can cool, make cool, 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 cool. You have, you have all that. And then you pull out a gun. They don't know what a gun is. Because canonically, they don't know what a rubber duck is. They don't know the purpose. Yeah. So, then it's, so then it's like, pull out a gun. They're like, oh, what's that? Oh, it's my wand. And it knows one spell. And then just... Yeah, it's called one spell. It's called Avada Kedavra. <laughs> yeah. Avada Kedavra. No, no, but that's another thing. They, they make such a big deal about, oh, Avada Kedavra is the killing. Do you know how many spells in canon can kill you? I was going to say, I'm pretty sure, like... There's literally just a fire spell. There's just a spell that turns your wand into a flamethrower. Yeah. No, but, but anyway, like, if muggles and wizards were to have a fight... Like, Muggles would win hand down. Let's yeah, no, 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 because it's like what the we see brooms like they go fast, but they don't go like yeah jet engine. <laughs> no, no, like imagine being a Muggle-born student, right, and showing up to Hogwarts, and they're like, yeah, we could beat the Muggles, and then you're sitting like, no, you can't. <laughs> and they're just like, well, you say that. Mm. You, you ever learn of of what's a what a nuke is? What's a nuke? So take a Vada Kedavra, have it cover the whole town, like. <laughs> <laughs> 
especially in the nice green color that mm -hmm. it has. Mm -hmm. Or like, <laughs> just like, like seriously, what are you supposed to do? Like, sure, like, Axio, like, like, uh, defense spell, cool. Here's my gun. <laughs> like, like, AK-47. What do you want me to say? <laughs> yeah, let's see if your, uh, let's see if your protection spells can aid you against a, uh, a nice little bullet. volley yeah. through a five-five-six. Exactly, exactly. Especially since like we see that like everything's reaction based there. Yeah, because they don't have anything that moves faster than you you can react. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so stupid. That's how it be. That's it's how so it be. Stupid. But yeah, okay, anyway, uh yeah, it is an hour and sixteen minutes, so we should probably cut it now. I was gonna but, say. Uh, yeah, yeah, but uh do you have do you have anything you'd like to say to the people or say just in general? Uh, I was gonna say, um I'm just glad that you've had me on here and oh, I hope yeah, to pop do, in again at some point. Oh soon. Yeah, no, absolutely. Maybe do a D D thing on the podcast, that'd be fun. Oh yeah, just let me know, like I can write up a new adventure or pull out one of my old ones. Mm -hmm. Now, uh once again, we're gonna do the thing of I actually didn't write an outro because outros are just hard, man. You know, like what what am I supposed to do? <laughs> Like, awkward to be like, oh, duh. like, you know, like, I, I feel yeah. Yeah, so, uh, uh, this is your pal Val. Thank, uh, thank you for coming on and, uh, and nerding out with me. Of course. Uh, especially if, uh, if it was what, the first 50 minutes was D&D and the last 20 or 30 was just shitting on, on Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> but, um,. But yeah, no, uh, so thank you for coming on Your Pal Val, and to all those out there, if you ever need to nerd out, just talk to your good old pal Val. Have a good one. <laughs>